right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Today is Wednesday, March the 1st. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined by the one and the only Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself will go ahead. We'll cover the NBA Wednesday games, also discuss the KD return to his new team, the Phoenix Suns. They'll be in action tonight. Mac, he's getting some hard questions today for NBA Jeopardy. And of course, we'll go ahead. We'll cover our best bets. Mac, quick question for you. We go and rip and run on this one. Dame Lillard goes wild the other night for 71 points. That's now two players this season with 71-point games. Tell me another guy that could potentially pull off that amazing feat. You need to be uh, you need to be the guy on your team. Get hot. Get hot early. 41 in the first half will get you started. I don't think Kevin Durant, somebody could do it. I don't think Curry or somebody could do it because the team is just going to be so successful if they get that hot where they start doubling them, they get easy layups. They just end up being by up too up too much, so it's got to be like kind of a bad team. Like it, you know what? I'm gonna say Shea Gilgis Alexander. Wow! Because at at some point he's gonna be pissed off that they are literally playing nobody besides him, and uh, he's scoring 30 a game, and they're gonna be behind by 20. He gets hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say a guy like him. All right. I'm, I don't want to go ahead and buck that one. Do you know the guy that came to mind first for me was actually Luca. I, I feel like you have to have the ball in your hands all game long, and you have to be able to shoot threes. Like yeah. As we yeah. see the guys that, that did it this year, Donovan Mitchell, Dame Lillard, shot a ton of threes, tons of tons of shots. I think they put up like 38, 40 shots in the game. So interesting. That was, that was amazing to see. I actually went back, watched the replay, and um, – I mean, Dame was just going wild, 13 threes in that game. So we'll see. We'll see how everything shakes out with um, Dame Lillard's next performance tonight. We'll go ahead. We'll talk a little bit about that. Mac, I want to go ahead. I want to start out with your game to go ahead and lead off the podcast. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're going to be on the road here in Boston. Current line in this game right now, Celtics minus five and a half. Total 221. You have a pick on this one that you like quite a bit. What are you looking at? So I like the Cavs team total under the 106.5 or the game total. I'm kind of torn. They're both uh, uh, valuable, uh, have a little bit of value in my opinion. And if you just look since the All-Star break, this has been a historic, still is a historic scoring season, 228 points per game on average. Never seen anything like it. I remember AJ asked me in the middle of the year, how could you bet an under? And I'm like, I, I, like my eyes turned to green money signs. Like that thought is exactly why uh, I love Come springtime, when people forget that playoff basketball has a, has a lot of unders, come a lot of unders. Well, you know, I'm not sure what the Groundhog saw or didn't see, but we've seen a little spring basketball. We've seen playoff basketball since the All-Star game. And I think this game uh, typifies it, where the Celtics are off a loss. Over the last year, they've been amazing off a loss. They've held teams uh, under five points under their team total off a loss since January 20th of last year. I mean, it's an arbitrary start point, but, you know, that's kind of when the Celtics became the Celtics. They started killing teams had the best net rating in the league in the regular season, in the playoffs last year, and in the regular season so far this year. Um, so I, I think they respond. And I think in, I'm not sure if um, Jalen Brown coming back and Tatum coming back, if their offense might stall a little bit. Uh, the Cavs will be all in as well. This is a big game um, for their psyche co- going into the playoffs. This is this could be a big uh, pelt on the wall for them. So I expect both teams to come come with it defensively. And I can just kind of favor the Celtics' talent to, to to be the difference at the end of the day. So the best way to attack it, in my opinion, you want to go Cavs team total under 106.5. Since the All-Star break, there's been 16 overs and 31 unders. Uh, I expect that trend to continue. Uh, it's going to be more like 
what we've seen for 20 years, playoff basketball, than it is going to be like what we've seen for four months where, with people scoring 240 every game. Well, I think that that's the important part, McKenzie, is that you bring up the playoffs. These two teams very well could end up meeting in the playoffs. So I feel like these two teams come into this game looking to size each other up, looking to measure up everything, saying, you know what, this is a potential playoff matchup. We need to figure this out. We need to figure this out now. Who's doing what? Where are they going? How are they doing it? Because these teams haven't seen each other. you, you got to go all the way back to the beginning of the year. Now, these teams will see each other, I believe, twice over like the next 10 days. But right now, I think it's important. And the only real changing part with these two teams is the fact that Kevin Love's not on the Cavs really anymore. And you got, you know, other players for Boston. But, like, the one key piece was Kevin Love was on the floor quite a bit when they played the first time. Karis LeVert obviously shifted back to the bench. So there's not a whole lot of moving parts here. The, this starting five is going to be the starting five that if these teams meet in the playoffs that is going to be on the floor together. Now, I also think that one of the things maybe that they're considering with this line is the fact that Boston's defense points per game wise has slipped from where it was last year. But a lot of that due to the fact that Robert Williams hasn't spent a whole lot of time. He's now going to play tonight. I think this is more of a playoff type of atmosphere tonight. I could see both teams measuring each other up. Very calculated game, power on power, strength versus strength. So I'm with you with the under. I know the lines come down a little bit, Mac, but sometimes it doesn't worry me when you see a line come down in the NBA. If it goes over, okay, I get it, the public's on the over. But when it comes down, you have to assume that there's probably a pretty good amount of sharp money on there. So I'm not afraid of the move. I think it's moving in the right direction. So I'm with you here with the under. As far as the team total for the Cavs, I have no problem with that either. So it seems like the under is probably the way to go for that one. That should be a pretty interesting game. I'll certainly be tuning into that one. Uh, I'll also be tuning into the game that I like, and I'm going to go ahead and circle here the Nets at the Knicks. I'm going to play the Knicks here minus the 7.5. Now, this game started out Knicks minus 6.5. It's moved up to 7.5. That's not an ideal number. That's typically not a number that we like to lay. But I have to ask myself, do we even have the Nets power rated correctly? I'm not totally sure that we do, but the Nets are going to be on a back-to-back right now, and that does a little, raise a little bit of an eyebrow for me. The Nets with this new roster, they've had a few clunker-type games, and I think that this game actually sets up for another. This new Nets team is 1-5 straight up, and they've been blown out in three of the six games with this new roster. The Knicks are going to be rested tonight uh, with no back-to-back right now in play. The Knicks are red hot. They've won six straight games, and they sit currently in the fifth seed in the East. These teams just played just a few games back at MSG, and the Knicks drilled the Nets by 18 points. With just around 20 games left on the season for all these teams, the Knicks actually sit in a pretty solid spot, I think, to avoid any type of plan. So I feel confident that the Knicks kind of know who they are right now and what's working for them. And this quick turnaround against the Nets, I think they know how to attack them. So I see an all-in effort here from the Knicks. I see them covering this game without without an issue tonight. So I'm on the Knicks there, Mac, minus the 7.5. Not sure if you checked that game out. And I'm not necessarily sure what you think about the Nets when it comes to their power rating because I believe that that number could be extremely wrong. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the 7.5, which normally I don't like to do. But I do think the Nets not power rated correct, correctly, and I think the Knicks are playing right now maybe some of their best basketball of the season. Precipitous. That's how I would define the Nets' power rating as in 
<laughs> I knew I couldn't say that. Precipitously falling. Challenged myself. Failed. But uh, the Nets power rating and the Knicks power rating are very interesting because you're talking about two teams moving in exact opposite directions. And I want to kick it back to you and ask you exactly the trajectory of those trajectories and which uh, tangent we, we think is more is is more solid. Let's take uh, the Knicks, first of all. Uh, so we were talking about this on SOVAM yes, yesterday, and I asked Scott Seidenberg, native New Yorker, um, what do you think this crowd would be like? Madison Square Garden. What do you think Nets-Knicks is usually like? Uh, do they have a home court advantage? The Knicks historically don't have the best home court advantage. A lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, corporate crowds. Um, however, versus the Nets, who just lost Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving just lost uh, a lot of spotlight, a lot of corporate interest. Scott was thinking this is going to be, you know, a real Knicks fan crowd. This is going to be a real people that have season tickets, not, uh, you know, people that just got got them gifted at, a, at an office party and people that want to boo the Nets and root on the Knicks. So the, the rivalry, rivalry actually matters to them. Um, so I think the home court advantage is justified here where you might say no travel home court advantage should be zero. No, I think two, two and a half points is solid. Now we get to the power ratings. Are the Knicks five points better than the Nets or more? Uh, they've just certainly been playing like it. You know, hottest team in the league uh, outside of the Bucks. So let me let me ask you. We we've seen the Knicks tick up, play better. Jalen Brunson's been incorporated, so I'm I'm pretty confident in that. And we've seen the Nets fall apart since the beginning of February, since Kyrie Irving was traded. Which one are you more confident continues? Or uh, ask it another way. Which do you think? Um, is it more likely that the Knicks play this good the rest of the year or that the Nets play ba- this bad the rest of the year? My, my gut feeling, Max, says that the Nets won't play this bad the rest of the year. This team just got together. We talked about this a couple podcasts ago where I felt like this was like, you know, that, that disrespected band of brothers that nobody wanted. And I think that they can only maybe improve. One, because of that, but two – they actually have something to play for because this team right now, they're still in the playoff chase. Let's say they were out. Let's say they were a team that, that couldn't, should be tanking. Well, then maybe they would, but let's say that, you know, that this team's basically being looked at and saying, you know what, if you, if we don't make the playoffs this year, it's now your fault. You were basically handed a chance to make the playoffs on a silver platter. And I believe that their record was what it was. So I can't see this team completely falling off and absolutely playing terrible and where they end up in some playing game or, or out of the playoffs, it, there, there's going to be that motivation there. Let's not fail. Let's not really look all that bad. Like what does it say about us as a group and, and as an individual from where we were to where we're at now, if they find themselves out, that, that looks really bad. So I think that they'll play a little bit better. It's going to take them some time. I mean, what have they had together? Maybe like six games together as this group. Um, so I do expect them to, to kind of step it up and play a little bit better than than they have. As far as the Knicks are concerned, maybe they're just hitting their stride, honestly. Um, this team going into the season had had some question marks, but the addition of Brunson, you still have Randall, uh, Barrett, you know, he's hit and miss here and there. But this isn't a bad Knicks team. I would say if they can continue to play like this, this might be their pinnacle, but I can't really see them dropping off a whole hell of a lot. And one of the reasons for that, is that the Knicks actually have a chance to end up in a solid playoff spot. And this is kind of like go time now, right? If you were talking about the home court advantage now for the Knicks, I think it becomes amplified. Like those people are going to show up now. They're not sitting uh, in the 7 or 8 seed or 10 or 11 seed. They now have something to play for. They get to go back to 
when they were playing the Hawks and how you saw that crowd. It was absolutely insane, you know, game after game. So I think they're going to, they're starting to get that vibe again. Like we're going to make the playoffs. We have a better team this year than we had that year. I think there's a pretty good possibility that the Knicks can stay afloat right where they're at. Maybe they can move up a little bit, maybe down a little bit, but I don't think you're going to see any massive drop off with this Knicks team at all. Yeah. The playoff seeding is really interesting where the Nets seem like, yeah, they'll coast. They'll be a six seed. They'll play some playoff games. They'll probably lose, but they fall behind the heat and they have to play a play-in game. Then very, very dangerous where they're sitting at. Uh, the Knicks, you talk, they were talking about this on Bill Simmons' podcast. Uh, they had a Nets, a Knicks fan on. It's very eerie how similar it is to 2020, 2021, where they're going to be a 5-4 seed. They're going to be playing a hot point guard in Donovan Mitchell, likely Cavs, Knicks. And maybe they'll uh, they'll have three home court games instead of four. Uh, and they, they have a chance to avenge it. It's the same coach. Um, and now they have their guy in Jalen Brunson. So Cavs, Knicks. I was I was pretty uh, braggadocious, thinking East is settled. We know the semifinals. It's going to be Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs. No team can penetrate that foursome. I might have been wrong. Knicks might be one of those teams that could upset the Sixers or the Cavs. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you see how good Brunson is. Randall's actually been playing really well. So you know, if they can get things together, and that's why that team's together as as they are. Is because they actually think it can work. And right now, you know, we're seeing the Knicks work one six straight games. So I'll go ahead. I'll play them tonight minus the seven and a half. Mac, as I uh, introduced in the beginning with our intro, talked a little bit about Dame Lillard scoring 71 points. We're going to go ahead. We're going to play NBA Jeopardy, see if we can go ahead and if I can stump Mac here. So here we go, Mac. A little bit of uh, some high-scoring game trivia for you. All right, let's start it out here with Damian Lillard set. A new career high of 71 points scored just a few nights ago against the Houston Rockets. Max, simple over and under question for you. In the history of the NBA, over or under nine and a half games where a single player scored 70 points or more in a game? I think Wilt had seven. I'm going to go over. All right. Easy win there for Mackenzie. I tried to stump you there with the nine and a half. Not the case. Uh, Actually, the answer for that is 12. 12 players have scored 70 points or more in a game. So 10 coming into the season, now 12. All right. Noted. And I also noted this, Mac. Lillard, the only player to score 70 points with less than 40 minutes played in the game. Every other player that accomplished that feat played at least 42 minutes or more. So Mackenzie goes ahead. He gets a check mark for that one. Double Jeopardy, Mac. How much of your pregame bulk dollars do you want to wager here on Double Jeopardy? I'm going to risk it all. All right, Max. So, Wilt Chamberlain played 15 NBA seasons. He had six 70-point games in his career. True or false, Chamberlain accomplished all six of his 70-point games over just a three-year period. Ooh, I was just looking into this when I bet Lillard under his points prop. I'm like, let me chart how every 70-point scorer did after the 70-point game. I decided to throw Will out because he was a complete anomaly. He'd be like, a bad, a bad game would be like 46. Um, so 1960, 61, 62, I know for a fact he put up some numbers. I'm going to say true. All right, that is true. Will Chamberlain accomplished that over just a three-year period. Uh, I went back and I looked back. It was 61, 62, and he had one in 63. Okay, okay. So that man is uh, that man is quite dominant. Um, final Jeopardy there, Mac. 100 pregame bulk dollars. How much do you want to risk? Are you going to make it a true final Jeopardy? 
Oof. Save some for a rainy day out here in Vegas. We've had a few of them. I'm going to risk it all, Kent. So here's your final Jeopardy question there, Mackenzie. Easy one. What NBA franchise has given up the most 70-point games to a single player? How is that an easy one? I can't believe I risked it all. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. All right. Um, So he would have had to play Wilt Chamberlain a lot. The Knicks played Wilt Chamberlain a few times. Did they give up any other 70-point games? Donovan Mitchell was against... I'm going to say the Knicks. You are correct, sir. It is the New York Knickerbockers. They gave up two to Wilt Chamberlain. And I believe the other one was to uh, Elgin Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. Right. They couldn't play D back then. They couldn't play Jerry Lucas. What are you doing? Right. I went back through and I looked at all the, the career games, Mac, uh, like 60, 65 point games. Like it, it's just littered with the Knicks. I mean, they weren't just bad back then. They were bad in the 70s as well. Like that team just, I don't know, maybe def- I mean, they would probably fit perfect in today's NBA. Just don't play any defense. Phil Jackson would take obsession, uh, exception, whatever. For whatever, Phil Jackson. Play, you know, the record is what it is. Will Chamberlain did what he did. All right. Well, that'll wrap up Jeopardy and McKenzie. My man, once again, going ahead, taking down Sleepy's trivia questions for today. Let's go ahead to the Mac. Let's jump into some best bets. Let me go ahead first here with mine. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Pelicans plus the one and a half. They're going to be on the road here in Portland. This line opened up at Pelicans plus three and a half. I felt that that was wrong. Pelicans plus one and a half. I still feel that that's wrong. I feel like the Pelicans, I don't want to say favored, but in my opinion, they're the better team here. The Blazers are going to be on a back-to-back here coming off of a loss. But overall, with this Blazers team, they just don't have enough offense right now. Simmons and Nurkic are both out. And asking new players like Cam Reddish and Matisse Thibel to step in, along with uh, Drew Eubanks, who's been on this team but's coming off the bench, Adding them to add offensive firepower now to the starting lineup, um, it's just something that I can't count on. And I can't rely on Lillard, you know, for go, to go out there and put up 71 points nightly. The Pelicans are kind of up against the wall right now. You have CJ coming back. This is going to be a big game for him. He knows this place. He's probably going to feel really comfortable there. And you have Ingram. You have Herb Jones. You have Valanciunas. I just feel like that makes the Pelicans an all-around better team. Now, look, Zion – He's not on the team. Things have have gone completely south for this Pelicans team, but he's been rumored to maybe potentially take in the court maybe next week. And I think that that's going to give this team a little bit of of a shot in the arm, not only then, but but for now. Like, let's just get to when we can get our guy back, and maybe we can go ahead and make this run that, that a lot of people anticipated. Depth right now, it is a little bit of an issue for the Pelicans. They got some key guys out, uh, Larry Nance, Alvarado, those guys, if they're, if, if, they can make it back. Um, it's probably not going to be until the playoffs. I just feel like this is a big, important night for the Pelicans that they need to go in and get themselves a win. This line has dropped. Uh, the betters are flocking to the Pelicans. I agree 100%. Pelicans right now, better roster, better team, better situation. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give the Pelicans a nod as my best bet tonight, plus the one and a half. Not sure what you think about that game there, Mac, but I have to favor the Pelicans roster right now over the Blazers. Dame Lillard cannot go out and just do what he did the other night, um, nightly. He tried last night, and, and it didn't work out. Yeah, the Blazers have one option in offense. They're like an NFL team with one receiver. If he gets double teamed and he gets taken out of the game, it, it, it can be rough. The Blazers were up by 20 
versus the Warriors. 23 at one point, and Dame Lillard was six for nine. All right, let's put some more put some more uh, resources on Damian Lillard, take him out of the game. He finishes after that point three for 12. And they go from winning by 23 to losing by 18. 40-point swing. Uh, I think the Pelicans got the memo. I think they're going to make it really hard on the Blazers to score. So um, I would look at the Blazers team total under, and I agree with you. The Pelicans have the institutional memory of, like, this is exactly where we were last year. We're not that far out of it. We could be a playing team. We could be a sixth seed. Uh, we're going to get Zion back. So I think they, they can shrug off their you know last month of the season with that memory of getting hot and playing well down the stretch last year. All right, so we'll go ahead. We'll call the Pelicans there my best bet at Pelicans plus one and a half. Mac, you have a best bet. What are you looking at? I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers laying the two points. Uh, this is a historical trend that's kind of cooled off this year, but I think you look at the larger picture, it makes a lot of sense. So teams that lose to an opponent, and within two days, play that opponent again. 1,500 times it's happened since 1995. 52% ATS. Not random. 52% ATS is something over 200 games, 300 games. Over 1,500 games, You can it's solid that that something is, is happening. And unless the market's changed, something's fundamentally changed, um, there's a real fundamental phenomenon that's going on that you can take advantage of. If you limit that sample to just road favorites, so the better team. Road favorites is another way, a proxy for the better team. Because the only way you're going to be favored on someone else's floor is if you are significantly better. There's no rest spot that'll get you there. There's no uh, matchup advantage. No, if you're a road favorite, you are the better team. In that spot, you just lost to an opponent. You're a road favorite within two days. 59% over 150 games since 1995. I like trends that fit what my inclination would already be. Like, I already think the Sixers, after that close loss at home versus Miami, that they probably should have won, they're going to be pissed. They're going to be locked in defensively, and they're going to play one of their better games. And the Heat, by the way, are one of the worst offenses, quietly one of the worst offenses in the league. And they've somehow gotten worse since the All-Star break. They've won you know, a couple games with their defense. So I think Philadelphia has the tools to limit the Heat, especially because they just saw them play. I ran this query as well because it seemed to make sense. Teams that have already played the Heat this season are 19 and 13 and 1 ATS. And since January 1, when the Heat's really offense is really grinding to a halt, those teams are 12 and 6. They only have so many tricks to get open shots when you don't really have a lot of offensive firepower that's working right now. Uh, those teams, by the way, uh, have held the Heat five points under Vegas expectation since January 1st when they've played them a second time in the season. So um, Doc Rivers and his staff, Joel Embiid and his defensive prowess, you know, he's kind of taking a step back this year. Maybe he takes a step forward tonight. I think they they lock him down. And I think that he um, probably score like 95 points in this game. So I'll take the Sixers, I'll lay the two points, and uh, that'll be my best bet. All right. So I'm not going to go ahead and make his best bet. The Sixers, I'm with you with that one. I actually like Philly tonight. I actually like the under in that one too. I think the under was like 215 and a half, 216. Uh, I'm with you. I think the points are going to be tough to come by, at least for Miami. Uh, you talked about Miami's offensive woes, and I think it's only going to get worse. So now you insert Kevin Love into the lineup. That's going to take some time. Gabe Vincent still in the starting lineup. No Kyle Lowry. Like this team is just – they're trying to figure it out. And going up against a Philly team off back-to-back losses who can dominate you, who knows what they want to do on offense and defense – I just think it's kind of a bad time to figure it out. Like I have a feeling they're they're going to catch Philly in, in a little bit of a salty mood, 
And the one thing about the Sixers is that they're two games ahead of right now of the Cavs sitting in the three seed. They don't want to slide back any further. That team wants to host a home playoff series. And that's one of the things that we know about the 76ers is over the last couple of years, at least with this, this roster, uh, that they've been really good at home. So I think they're going to be running and gunning tonight. They do not want to drop this game. This is a big game for them. So uh, we'll go ahead. We'll call McKenzie's best bet there to Philadelphia 76ers minus the two points. Mac, let's go ahead and let's get into our hot topic. I think everybody's going to be glued to the TV sets tonight watching the return of Kevin Durant. But it's going to be with a new team. It's going to be on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, that team quickly has vaulted up the title odds. Current line in this game right now, Suns minus 10. They're going to be on the road here in Charlotte. Charlotte's going to be up against it. I mean, we talked about this team already, one of the worst teams in the league, potentially tanking, but they lose their best player in the mellow ball. Uh, unfortunately, when a head fractures his ankle, he's not going to play anymore this season. It's probably going to be a while before we see LaMelo back on the floor. But what we've heard from head coach Monty Williams of the Suns is that Kevin Durant is going to be on somewhat of a minute restriction tonight. I think KD will actually play quite a bit. The One of the things we know about Kevin Durant coming back from injury, he does not like to go out there and play 15 minutes or 18 minutes. Like I believe we'll see Kevin Durant out there for 24-plus minutes tonight uh, on the floor. I'm not sure what you're expecting from the Suns there tonight, or at least from KD there, Mac, but I'm pretty sure that you're excited. You're going to have your eyes glued to the TV set to see what happens with uh, everything that shakes out with the Suns tonight with KD's return. But how excited are you for the return of Kevin Durant? Uh, I'm thrilled. One of my favorite players to watch, uh, one of the best players ever. Reminds me when this particular game, I think, is going to be a great environment. Uh, I think, Charlotte, I think it's going to be an expensive ticket. I think Michael Jordan uh, is going to be looking on down onto the court. I think it's going to be kind of a, a cool moment uh, to see Kevin Durant with his new squad. Uh, pop Jeopardy quiz for you. This is Kevin Durant's fourth franchise, Thunder, Warriors, Nets, and now it's going to be the Suns. How many teams, how many NBA teams has Kevin Durant been on? Um, five. Nice. Nice, my man. You got it, of course, because of uh, the Seattle Super Hot Sonics in 2007-2008. Uh, he scored 20 points a game. Uh, I think he won Rookie of the Year. At least he deserved to be. He was very promising out the gate. Uh, I heard somebody say, uh, the only guy that I saw do it, uh, you know, for his first year was LeBron James. Kevin Durant was just as good as rookie year. Come on. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just like the whole world is skewed against my guys, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. They're just as good as anybody ever. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I like both of them. Anyway, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah, I'm excited to see him play. It's going to be fun. I think the Hornets, especially because LaMelo Ball went down, I think a lot of those guys, Terry Rozier, is going to think about this as probably the marquee game for the rest of their season. Uh, so I kind of lean to the Hornets. I think they're going to they're gonna make this an exciting game where the Suns are going to be experimenting with different sets and different things that they want to do. Uh, but more than anything, I'm just excited to see my guy, my guy back out there on the court. Yeah, me too there, Mac. Here's what I think, though, is I think if you like the Suns, like you have to play them now. If you like them to win the title, you like them to win the West, I think you have to play them now. If Kevin Durant goes out there tonight, Mac, and let's just say he plays 24 minutes and he has a, a normal Kevin Durant type of output offensively where he goes out there and scores uh, 24 and 24 minutes, that's not out of the question. And they go out there and they beat this Hornets team soundly. They cover the spread. Maybe they even blow them out. The, the, the ticket prices on the Suns are going to drop. And then they have to play the Bulls next. They could probably take care of the Bulls. I don't, I don't see any issue with that. This price, 
in my opinion, is only going to drop. Now, if they lose tonight, maybe it goes the other way, but I just not, I, I, I can't foresee that happening. And then they're going to play Kyrie and Luka in Dallas in a couple days. If they win that game, I'm telling you right now, you'll never see the ticket price of plus 450 or plus 480 on, on the Suns. That, that price is gone. Yep. The only way that that price ever resurfaces again is if Booker goes down or KD goes down or CP3 or 8, and one of those players have to go down in order for that price to get there. So my recommendation, and I don't know if you're recommending this along with me there, Mac, but if you want to play the Suns, just do it now because it's only going to get worse unless they lose a key part of this team, especially because everybody's going to watch this game tonight. If KD has that type of game and it's like CP3 goes out there and he plays his game, Maybe Aiton goes for, you know, 18 and 10. Booker goes out there and he gets his 27. And it looks good. And it looks scary. And it looks like this could be the best team in the league. This line could get chopped in half by the end of the night. And I don't think that that's out of the question. That there's going to be that many eyes in this game tonight. I agree with you. This is the most value on the board for NBA futures. Uh, There are certain things that the market knows, but it hasn't accounted for yet. And we kind of talked about this in the NFL in the offseason. Uh, teams like a couple years ago, the Patriots, will have the most effective cap space. They have the most optionality. They have the most draft picks. They have most, And their future odds will still change when they use all their cap money. When they sign two big tight ends, they suddenly go from you know 50 to 1 to 20 to 1. And the market really isn't efficient in that way. It should understand that when you have a lot of money, you're going to spend it. I think that's the case here with how seamless – Kevin Durant fits in with any offensive basketball scheme, particularly one that features other great jump shooters where you can't double up on any one guy. I think it's uh, probably his best skill, his um, ability to fit in uh, and do what, you know, kind of fill in the gaps and, and, and score 30 without seemingly taking any possessions away from anybody else or scoring 50 and, you know, doing that on a limited basis and in a very efficient way. So I think the market knows this. You talk, you listen to podcasts, people always talk about this ability of his, but people are like, oh, I don't know. Let's see if it works. It's going to work. If anybody can make it work right away, in my opinion, it's Kevin Durant. So I think we're going to start to see it tonight. And yeah, I agree with you. Won't be long before the Suns are the favorite, are the favorite in the league, maybe three to one, even above the Celtics, in my opinion, by the end of the regular season. Yeah, it won't surprise me one bit. You know what I found interesting, Mac, when I was looking through the title odds? Tell me how stupid this is. Now, we talked, I don't know, what was it, maybe three weeks ago about the Lakers minus 260 to miss the playoffs. We, we kind of yep. recommended that. Um, yep. If you have that ticket and you made that, that wager, that ticket's probably about as good as gold can, can be. But, Mac, I was looking at the Lakers' title odds. They're 55-1. to 1. Let me give you a couple of teams that are behind them. The Miami Heat, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Knicks, and the Hawks. How the hell does that make any sense? If you're betting the Lakers to win the title, I hope you're doing it maybe for, like, next year. <laughs> Someone's confused. Like, oh, I thought this was the next five years, like a pool bet. Um, I mean, I'm not sure the worldwide market versus Vegas versus New Jersey and all the different markets and how much it affects. But I know the Lakers are the most valuable franchise in the NBA for a reason. They're the most popular team and people are always going to bet them on the futures. Um, maybe just wait for the, for the, for next year's odds to pop up. If, if you want, if you want to be that guy with a, a Lakers ticket on your refrigerator, I get it. You know, fandom is fandom, but uh, yeah, it seems um, you're, you're being, uh, you're being screwed by the book. If you bet 55 to one, you should get a hundred to one. I don't even know if they're getting screwed. I, I could use another word, but yeah, I mean, 
you're getting screwed. All right, so with all that stuff out of the way, let's go and let's get into our coupon here. Easy one there, Mac, for this this week. It's going to be East 20 or West 20. Enter whichever you like into the coupon code there at pregame.com. You guys will save 20% on any pick there at pregame.com. I know McKenzie's been hot in the NBA. Uh, he's been rocking and rolling. I'm doing really well in college basketball in the NBA. So if you guys want to catch us right now at our pinnacle, go over to pregame.com. Simply enter code East 20 or West 20. You guys can save 20% on any pick package over there at pregame.com. All right, Mac, here we go. Uh, this is like this is like our bread and butter, dude. When it comes to agreed upon player prop, we sit down, we find the play, we discuss it. Yes, no, maybe so, I don't know. But the one that we found for tonight, we like. And we've hit a bunch of these in a row. We went ahead. Look, we had, we had a little bit of a rough podcast. And you know what, guys? It's going to happen from time to time. We can't win all the time. And we know that we spoil you guys. But at, at, at certain times, you know what? The podcast isn't going to come together as, as great as they have in the past. So we had a little bit of a rough one. But we hit our player prop with Jaron Jackson under. Um, that one came in easily, Mac. Um, I, I don't think there was any dispute with that. But the one we're going with tonight, it's going to be Chris Paul under 26.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Mac, I'll let you go ahead and have the floor with this one. Uh, I have quite a bit on this, actually, quite a, quite a bit. So I'll let you go ahead and talk about Chris Paul, why we like him under uh, his PRA for tonight. Number one factor for me is blowout potential here. With the Suns up by 10, um, that's always going to be uh, where I start my prop hunting, uh, looking at blowouts and looking at unders in that scenario. With Chris Paul particularly in this matchup, I think PRA, the biggest aspect, is going to be points. Scoring 12 points a game in February, shooting 36%. So he had his his struggles to start the season. You know, October was 35%. He kind of leveled off. He kind of played like the Chris Paul we know. But it, it... it's regressed to the mean. I think his baseline now as a 38-year-old point guard is to be a distributor. Um, so I think that might work early. And if it does, uh, I expect the Suns talent-wise to just blow the Hornets off the court. He'll get his eight, nine assists and, and he'll uh, you know, have, have his, his ice packs on his knees uh, come third and fourth quarter. Or if it's, if it's a little bit closer and they're able to um, you know, use their intensity, I think the youth and the exuberance of the Hornets, if that ends up being um, – you know, the vibe in the building where it's just a home crowd, uh, you know, like when the heat started, some of those home crowds just went crazy and, and the home team, uh, you know, beat the, the big bad, you know, super team that just hit the block in that kind of scenario where the Suns don't do that well. I think it's 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 Cameron Payne. It's Devin Booker. I, I just think they have to move away from that slow, methodical half court game if they get behind in this game or if it's not going their way. Probably gets his 10 assists. Uh, maybe he doesn't, though. And uh, I think the blowout potential and the matchup kind of just – it's not going to be his particular ball game. I think either way it goes, I think Chris Paul uh, prob- struggles to get over 25 PRA here. All right. So, obviously, I'm with you here. Here's one of the things that I think that that the books are missing on with this game tonight. This is a different team. And Chris Paul has been asked to step up and be a scorer, let's just say, like over like the last like two months. Devin Booker missed, like, what, like 20, 23 games, somewhere around there. Chris Paul had to be a scorer. There was no Kevin Durant. And, all right, so Booker gets back. Still no Kevin Durant. But you subtract guys like Bridges. You subtract guys like Johnson. And he had to continue to be the scorer. So his scoring numbers have gone up, and I think that they're taking a lot of the averages. But for this game tonight, this is going to be, like, you know, the coming out party for Kevin Durant and this new Suns team. 
CP3 has to be the general. He has to figure this out. He only has, what, 20 games to figure this out. He needs to figure out how to get Booker involved, how to get KD involved, how to make sure that all these moving pieces can go ahead and compete in the NBA playoffs. Chris Paul does not need to be a scorer when the playoffs come. We know that. He's going to have his couple, you know, little foul line jumpers and stuff that he that he goes to that, that you know, work flawlessly. Hopefully he doesn't do a whole hell of a lot of that tonight. But he needs to go ahead and, and just get this team running and gunning um, pretty much early. And I don't think he's going to be asked to be a scorer tonight. I don't even think he's going to try to score a whole hell of a lot. It's going to be let's get KD on his spot. Let's get him comfortable. Make sure Booker's comfortable. Make sure Aiton's doing what he needs to do and, and just – Figure this out. And then you factor in the fact that this team is just a very well-system-run type of team. When you insert somebody like Kevin Durant, I don't think this team drops off. Now, even though they're saying, oh, he's going to be limited in minutes tonight, they're going to space him out to where he's probably on the floor with the starters as much as he possibly can be. And I actually think that this actually could be something that that actually could help us. And look, maybe it won't help us in this game, Mac. But if you're looking to go ahead and continue maybe fading Chris Paul until I think the market will adjust, I actually think that Chris Paul might see less and less minutes until we get to the playoffs. Make sure he's fresh. Make sure KD's fresh. Make sure this team is ready to go. So don't be surprised if you see Chris Paul's minutes drop off a little bit just to keep in pace with Kevin Durant while they can get the maximum amount of time together on the floor where one guy doesn't have to sit and the other guy doesn't have to rest. Like, I think that might be the approach here with Chris Paul uh, over the next couple of weeks. So, Mac and I are going to go ahead. I don't know how many we hit in straight in a row there, Mac, but we're going for another one there. So, we're going to go ahead and play Chris Paul under 26.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Found that on FanDuel at, like, minus 110. So, that'll be our player prop for tonight. And that'll wrap up the RJ Bell's Dream Podcast for Wednesday. Mac and I will go ahead. We'll be back either Thursday or Friday. We'll see how everything shakes out and what the games look like uh, on the slate. Make sure you get Mac and I on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Like, subscribe to the podcast. And if you guys are looking to save some cash over there at pregame.com, enter code East20 or West20. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.